How many times have you said to yourself, I'm going to succeed, and yet you keep coming up short? You probably noticed that high achievers with heart do things differently, but you just can't put your finger on it. You're curious about why high achievers accomplish more and have more satisfying relationships. It's because success is the result of your mindset and the consistent actions you take. This show is designed with your success in mind. By revealing these powerful patterns of our dynamic individuals and guest experts, you can model what they do and apply to your future success now. Let's roll up our sleeves and get started. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. And that is right. Welcome, everyone. Here's the golden nugget. Success patterns are more valuable than ideas. Let me explain. Ideas, while powerful, require trial and error and a lot of time to put into action. Just think about manufacturing. First, you have an idea, then you have a proof of concept and the working prototype, then small production badges, and then finally, full-scale production. This takes months, maybe even years, and you may have met some people who are collectors of ideas, but they do little else. Forget everything you've heard about ideas. You're not looking for ideas. You are looking for success patterns. Success patterns are different. Success patterns are better. Why? Success patterns are proven, have a logical sequence of steps to follow, have an action bias, and deliver consistent results. In this content-rich program, you're going to learn valuable success patterns. And today, specifically, as we have a special guest, today is all about growth through system, structure, and processes. Not like I haven't just said that. A system will produce what a system will produce, nothing less and nothing more. And the guest, guest expert that I have today is an expert and has been an expert for this. And he has accumulated, accumulated that over the last 30 years. He's in the real estate space. He has a deep, uh, strong real estate industry experience. And he has used his understanding of economics and markets to grow significant enterprises. He's also an author, a speaker, a business partner. He is in a, he's a, a new business partner in Recruiting Insights, a real estate recruiting company. And the company offers three products to real estate brokers and teams, Third Pool, Co-Recruit, and the Hiring Marketplace. We're going to learn more about that. But this man is so much more. He's a father of three, a lifelong learner, a veteran, an adventure athlete. He has earned his master's in business in California State University and his bachelor's from Colorado State. He is an author of Up In Your Business. We're going to learn more about that and it is enough of me, and I am super happy to welcome here Mark Johnson to the show. Hey, Mark, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's just a joy to see you again, and, and it's, it's been a while, but it's always a joy to spend time with you. Yeah, same. I have been um, on Mark's show for many, many times, many times. We've always had great value and great service to give to the listeners and viewers. Now, you are uh, um, a co-founder of the company, uh, what is it called again? Recruiting Insights. Recruiting Insights. And Recruiting Insights, as I said earlier, it's all about system structure and processes. And sy system structures and processes lead to productivity, do they not? A absolutely. 
So is productivity an art or a science? It's both. You know, the art of productivity, the science of productivity, uh, it comes together. I, I call it leave nothing to chance. You know, mm. those that, that you see that, that are on your show, the success patterns of those I've studied over the years, leave nothing to chance. That system that you talked about, the system will produce what a system will produce. Nothing less, nothing more isn't by happen chance or by default. It's by design. And so what I see the art of productivity and the science of productivity is proper planning. It's the secret to peak productivity. Proper planning by leaving nothing to chance with your systems in place. You say we could end the show right now because people just need to plan in order to get productive. Is it that simple, Mark? Well, I, I think it is in some ways because if you and I aren't happy with our results, I, I, I say be soft on ourselves, be soft on the people, but be tough on the system, right? Ooh. The system's going to produce what the system produce. Uh, and uh, when we look at our system, when we, through proper planning, through proper review, uh, then the results are going to change. So I, I love what you just said. So it's up to the leader. It's up to the people in charge to create those systems. Because, you know, you've been in those businesses where people, um, leaders, HR specialists get frustrated with the workers, with the team, because they're not producing. Does it really have any everything to do with who they are? as people in their quality or even their behavior? No, typically, it all has to do with the system. One, uh, you asked me what one of my favorite books is. I, I'd forgotten about this one. I've got a different one I want to talk about later. But this one was a book, and I forget the author. It was called Why Things Go Wrong. And this author uh, knew the food service industry inside and out. And what he, what he wrote about was uh, one of my first jobs that I ever had in high school, I worked for a founder of a Wendy's franchise. And uh, this book, Why Things Go Wrong, spoke specifically about a fast food outlet that if, if your goal is to have people go through the takeout drive every one minute, but you put a big uh, obstacle in the middle of the path where the workers can't get through, well, whose fault is that, the worker or the leader? Right. So the leader is the one who's, who did the layout of the store and how things happen, not the worker. The you know, yeah. I, I want to highlight something really quick because we're both from the South. Um, and and, you know, during the pandemic, the food industry or the takeout food industry has, I don't know, quadrupled. I don't know how much. I don't know the statistics. But one franchise really stood out, and that's Chick-fil-A. Now, for the ones that are watching from the north or from the west coast, I'm sorry, you guys. But Chick-fil-A really um, stood out in, in upgrading their process, their, their automation. Um, and it was, I, I, I had someone on the show the other day, and it was, I think, their neighbor's son who came up with the idea Right. He wasn't yet in a leadership position, but he had the idea of what if we do it this way? And then they adapted it. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure he's now in a leadership position. Yeah, sure. I mean, think about it. Those who adapted during COVID, uh, like like we all did. I mean, you either adapted and you pivoted 
uh, or you didn't. And the takeout industry had to, you know, they had to pivot or otherwise they're going to go broke. Yeah, completely. And, you know, uh, pick up, uh, you know, the grocery stores, you know, where you could, you know, order or delivery, you know, came up with innovative ways uh, to keep on keeping on. Um, so talking about leaders, finish the sentence for me. Leaders are what? Leaders are servants. Mm. Uh, servantly, I'm a big believer in servant leadership. Mm -hmm. in, in my view, in business, we solve problems for a profit. In charity, we solve problems for society. So no matter what kind of business you're in, whether that's a charity or a, a, a give back organization, you know, you solve problems in a different way than maybe we do in business. But we solve problems, uh, and I do that from a servant perspective. Um, I think leaders are also curious. Leaders are also lifelong learners. Le leaders are open-minded. Um, I, I think some of the best leaders I've learned from were were curious. They they were relentless in asking questions. Yes. They listened without judgment. Uh, they never got bored. Uh, some of the best leaders I worked for and I tried to emulate were open to being wrong. Hey, you know I. Wait, say that again. They're open to being wrong. Hey, you know, I was, you know, my my view was this, but you've convinced me that, you know, maybe my viewpoint was not accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you and I can relate to this. Uh, the, the leaders that I relate to the most are naturally empathetic. Yeah. yeah. And some of these don't come naturally to men. That's a male female thing anymore. Okay. I really don't. No, no, maybe not. But uh, yeah. So first, I think it starts with the foundation of, of being a servant leader. Mm. That that we're here to uh, uh, to serve. You know, not to be served, right? Uh, and and then curious curiosity uh, is an amazing thing. You you. You, you sang my song when we you talked about being curious and you said, you know, ask questions, but not just ask questions, ask intentional question and ask what you said, ask questions relentlessly. Relentlessly. I mean, it's, I've really tried to develop this in my own leadership style is, you know, the, the, the quality of our questions delivers the quality of the answers. Totally. And so the, the better the question, the better the answer. And, uh, you know, I think later on we're going to talk about, you know, persistence versus pressure, mm -hmm. which is something from one of the books I love. You know, there are two different things. Pressure is one thing. Persistence is something totally different. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. So you, you, you already mentioned one of your favorite books. Um, what is your favorite, favorite book and why? Well, besides the Bible. Uh, uh, which is a different topic, but a, a book that I read called You Squared, You Squared by Price Pritchard. And uh, Price is a Dallas-based consultant here, works for big companies, but he talks about linear growth versus exponential growth. Mm -hmm. And we're so used to, particularly, um, uh, you, you know, we're used to, you, know, you start in first grade and you go to second grade and you go to third grade, this linear growth. Well, he says, well, what if you throw all that out, all out the door? What if you went from first grade to 12th grade? Hmm. You know, it's it's possible. 
when you when, when you change your mindset, right? When you change your mindset to, in a sense, quit trying harder. You know, trying harder produces incremental gains, but a quantum shift could be an elegant solution requiring less effort. Hmm. Or ignoring conventional approaches. A quantum leap requires an abrupt change in behavior. Maybe finesse over effort. Maybe simplicity over complexity. Maybe a new paradigm. Uh, a quantum leap requires thinking beyond what common sense would allow. Maybe it's the uncommon sense. Rethinking our thinking. Um, violating the possibilities of uh, the boundaries of, of probable. Um, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I love it. It's called U squared. It's, it's a short little thing. I think it's only like six bucks or something. Um, you, uh, use, so, so like you, like me, U squared. Yeah, by price. And it's all about exponential growth versus linear growth. And through changing the way you approach, just in your mindset and your thinking. You, you said, um, I, I want to bundle, because there were many great things that you said, and I'm going to bundle it. Question the status quo. Yes. How does one question the status quo? It's, is it comfortable? Is it not comfortable? What, what lies behind questioning the status quo? It, it's totally uncomfortable because it, it requires you to, to challenge, well, why do we do it this way? Well, we do it this way because we've always done it that way. Oof. Okay, well, is that the best way? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But if, if we don't question it, how do you know? Why do we do it this way? And I would encourage everyone listening is whatever your process is, uh, not that you need to change it, but the question is, well, why are we doing it this way? And maybe that is the best way, but maybe there's a better way. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we have some great engagement and Rob is saying aiming to leaders being open to being wrong. Yes. I know that I spoke to, to a lot of our viewers, too many uh, leaders assume leadership and always knowing what's best in being right. I think a real leader surrounds themselves, right, with the with the people that will hold them to higher standards. I love a higher standard. You know, I found when when, when you set a higher standard, you set you set yourself up for what's possible. Yeah. Now, I may not always achieve it, but but that that opening my mind to what's possible by setting that higher standard, or at least me, is a driver. It motivates me. It excites me. It, it gives me, you know, hey, that's a, you know, that's a higher standard. That's, that's pretty cool. So I'm curious, Mark, and, you know, you and I have known each other for several years now. Were you always that way? I mean, did you graduate high school and, you know, just be the cool, incredible, knowledgeable self that you are today? No, I think, I think uh, uh, you know, everyone's journey is different, but, you know, I, I learned by hard knocks, right? Mm. Um, when I was uh, graduating from sixth grade going on to seventh, I was goofing off in the middle of the street, got hit by a car going 40 miles an hour and nearly died. Gee. That was a transformational, exponential event for me that said, you know, 
your mother always told you not to play in the street, and she was right. <laughs> um, and so I've had multiple failures. Mm-hmm. I forget who wrote the book, Failing Forward. I think I'd be a pretty good... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, here in Texas, they, they, they uh, I think it was John Wayne who, who, who told this thing, you know, how, how do you gain experience? You know, you, you gain experience by you know, making mistakes. And then that's where, you know, you, you already mentioned some of the, the laws that I teach, the success laws of NLP, and that's where another law comes in. There is no failure. There's only feedback. Feedback. So... And I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty good example of that because you know I've I was the youngest child of all, and so I got to learn from my older brothers and sisters' mistakes. Uh, now there was a big gap. There was a ten-year gap between my next oldest sibling, so I was you know probably an unplanned <laughs> uh, child, but uh, it, it allowed me to observe. Uh, from others' failures first, uh, yeah. which, which is another technique. You know, I, I'm a big observer. I think leaders are observers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to say leaders are listeners, and we can listen with our eyes and our ears and our feeling. With all of our senses, right? With all of our senses. Yeah. So then let's talk about success. What is the number one thing that a person that is striving for success needs? What do they need? Well, if you're striving for success, first I would say, is that really the goal? Hmm. Right? Um, I, I don't know that I've ever set a goal to be successful. What I've set a goal to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. Solve a problem for a profit or solve a problem for society, right? Through solving problems, um, isn't that how we become, I guess, in a sense, successful? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Mother Teresa was successful in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if it came down to it, the theme of today's show is curiosity. Yeah. And if you replace fear of the unknown with curiosity, what's possible? Replacing fear of the unknown with curiosity, what becomes possible for you and I? That's right. And I, I wrote a blog, uh, I'll talk about my blog in a minute, but when, when you think about the 10 habits of curious people, uh, you know, you stay in the moment. Um, you can say, I don't know. Yes. You can invest time in being curious. Uh, you, you love to learn. Uh, and like we talked about before, you ask questions relentlessly. You listen without judgment. Uh, and so I think curiosity, not only in leadership, uh, but in success, uh, is, is certainly critical. So you're right. Curiosity seems to be somewhat the topic of our talk today. And what I'm also gathering is that leaders are a learners and are also have the ability. It's more than an ability. They, they are vulnerable and they're okay. Here it is. They're okay with being vulnerable. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Totally. You know the other thing they are? What? And I believe this is a superpower of mine. They're persistent. And Mm. persistent is different than pressure. Yeah. Right? Pressure is kind of doing the same thing over and over, that same message. 
um, pressure, as we know, typically doesn't work. I mean, unless you got a gun to your head, right? Yeah. But when you're persistent, it communicates that you genuinely care. When you're persistent, it communicates you're confident. When you're persistent, um, you know, you understand someone else's situation and your specific solution. When you're persistent, you know that there's many ways to move forward. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's super important for all of us to build our persistent muscle because sometimes people need to hear it a different way. I mean, you know this better than than I do, but sometimes people need to hear it a different way or sometimes people need to, more reasons to move forward or sometimes they, they don't know how to move forward or sometimes they just need time to make sense of it all. And if you're not persistent, none of those things will happen. Do you feel that nowadays with the millennials and uh, Gen Zs that the persistency is kind of gone bye-bye? I I think it's not understood as well as it should in that it's different. I mean, persistence can communicate competence. If, If you don't believe... If I didn't believe in what I do, I wouldn't be persistent. Mm-hmm. Aha. Okay. So there's a deep belief and a deep connection to whatever it is that you're talking about. Right. Because if you don't believe, then you're just going through the motions. You and I can't give someone something that you don't already possess. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. And and if we want others to believe in us and our ideas and our services, um. To what degree do we believe in ourselves and what we're doing? Right. You can tell I get a little passionate about this, right? (laughs) Very much so. And I'm with you on it. So nothing can demonstrate your confidence, my confidence, our commitments and our beliefs more clearly than our willingness to persist despite the resistance. Because it's not about pressure. It's about, well, maybe they need to hear it a different way. Maybe they need more reasons. Maybe they need more time. Maybe... Uh, they don't know how to move forward. And if we believe we're going to figure out a way, we're going to be resourceful in figuring out a way, which is different than pressure. Pressure is kind of saying the same thing over and over and over and over again, right? Yeah. And pressure. it gets it gets, it can get very tiring and, and rigorous. And, yeah. and, and we scare people away with being like that. Yeah. Totally. I, I, I know what I'm talking about because I, I made those mistakes in the past. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a man, you're an expert at, at this. And, and, and you know, I, I'm inspired by, by your teaching and coaching and training in, in this area. Yeah, so we can all we can all increase our, our understanding of persistence, uh, you know. Um, you know, I, I think the first mistake we make as leaders is, is we don't expect to encounter resistance. Hmm. Because we're the leader, everyone's just going to fall in place. No one's going to resist. Yeah. Well, we we should expect resistance. In fact, we should encourage resistance. So you you what you're saying is we got to plan in that there's going to be resistance. There's going to be right, uh, and and we can't take it personally. If we start to take it personally, um, that, that goes down a different path, and and we can use resistance to gain additional insight and add more value. So resistance can be a beautiful thing there's when it's approached properly there is there are data points there's information when someone is resistance in in 
you know, when I teach uh, a class, an NLP class, I say resistance is an immediate feedback that you have lack of rapport. Mm -hmm. That right. means that you're not meeting the other person where they want to be met. Mm -hmm. Again, very simple when you know how to do it. Yeah. Something's broken down in the, you know, uh, can I trust you and can I respect you? Mm -hmm. Something's broken down there. If those two things are broken down, then trust and respect is really a foundation, correct? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so many people nowadays teach it. Oh, you know, you, you, you just got to know, like, and trust. You got to build that know, like, and trust factor. Well, that's all hot air if you don't know how to do it. Yeah, there, there's ways to do it. What, one of them is really listening, isn't it? Isn't it being a better listener can, can build trust and rapport? Well, only when you know what you're listening for so mm -hmm. you can then speak it back out. Got it. Yeah. Cool. I, I had a mentor many, many years ago, and he taught and talked about the millionaire mouth. Mm. Uh, you know, um, uh, T. Harvecker taught the millionaire mind, and this mentor of mine talked about the millionaire mouth. And I said, well, the millionaire mouth is worth nothing if you don't have millionaire ears. If you don't know what you're listening for, you can talk all day. Love it. Yeah. So that, That's worth the whole show right here. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can talk on that for days. <laughs> you, you're a very value-driven person. Yes. Uh, you're a very kind-hearted person. That's how I got to know you. What, like, where do you draw the line? What is your non-negotiable? Tolerance. Ooh. Tolerance is different than acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. And In my view, there are two different things. Tolerance is different than acceptance. Somehow we've lost that if you and I disagree on something, we can't be friends or we can't be business associates, you know, that we have to demonize each other because we have some different idea. Yeah. You know, a couple of the people I respect, Ruth Ginsburg was a Supreme Court justice and Anthony Scalia was one, and they could not be politically further apart. Right. Yet they would go to the opera every New Year's Eve together. Yeah. They, they became... Uh, I don't know if they were best friends, but they, they became close friends and associates, even though they were politically polarized. Yeah. Um, but they, they knew they had different uh, philosophies and different ways to approach, but that didn't mean they couldn't enjoy the opera together, which was something they both enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And so I, th I think we've lost something uh, and I don't know how to solve it, but, but it, it's in my mind of, of we have to demonstrate Tolerance is different than acceptance. Yeah. I love that. I love that you brought up tolerance in that example, that story. And I think you already said it, what the, what the answer is or what the secret is. It's finding common ground. And when we can, when we can focus not on how we are different, but how we are alike, mm -hmm. now we can still, we don't have to see eye to eye. I mean, sometimes I don't see eye to eye with my husband. Happy Valentine's Day, all of the couples out there. And that's okay because we still have so much in common. But if we only focus on the things that we don't have in common, then that's going to get bigger because what you focus on expands. Exactly. We've, it's almost like we, we need to bring back somehow the rigors of debate. Mm. Intellectual 
uh, and emotional parts of debates. Mm-hmm. I mean, real debates, like, you know, let's debate whatever this hot issue is. Um, and people have different views, but, but, but having that debate uh, in a civil uh, way is so powerful. Mm-hmm. That, so that would mean there needs to be very clear agreements and boundaries in place and they need to be enforced. Yeah. Mutual respect, right? I mean. And tolerance. Yeah, it's, it's you know. Um, so anyway, that to me, that's a non-negotiable. Yeah, love that. We're already almost at the top of the hour. Time flies when you're having fun. This was an incredible show. I know people got a lot out of the show today, Mark. I know I did. Uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. How do people get in touch with you, Mark? Well, they can get in touch with me through uh, LinkedIn, which is an easy way. Uh, I think I have an email address here they can use. Uh, I have a a PDF of my book, Up in Your Business. If anybody would like to reach out, I'd like to provide that as a gift. Uh, It's the PDF version uh, versus the Amazon version, but I would love to give that as a gift. Uh, but you can connect LinkedIn or through my email address. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so LinkedIn.com slash IN slash Mark dash Johnson dash 359116. Or just look for Mark Johnson and look for his picture. I mean, that's the easiest way. Yeah, there you go. You'll find me on there. LinkedIn's pretty easy. Yeah, or or go to coach.mj at iCloud.com and put in the subject line uh, book or the success pattern show. And Mark will, Mark's team will send you um, his book. Uh, before I let you go, Mark, you, um, let me bring myself up here again. You mentioned that you have a blog. How do people uh, read your blog? Uh, they can check out winningtheday.blog, winningtheday.blog. They can check it out there. Okay, winningtheday.blog. So guys, get with Mark, Mark Johnson, um, Recruit Insight. Thank you, Mark, for being on the show. Your last thought for today. What's your last thought? My last thought for today, if I could put one word in a capsule to tell the future, to, to tell someone in the future, it would be uh, there's three decisions that each of us make. What to focus on, what meaning we attach to things, and what we do in spite of the obstacles we face. And we can be bitter or better. You know, what can I learn from this or why me? And you know, I'm going to do this until I get better or quit. So what we focus on, meaningly attached to things, and what we do in spite of the obstacles we face. That's the message I'd put in the future. Thank you so much for that. Thank you guys for watching. Tune in again next week, same time, same place to the Success Pattern Show. Get with Mark Johnson. Until next week, ciao and bye for now. Thank you for tuning in and you will... Notice opportunities to apply success patterns daily while eagerly anticipating next week's content-rich success patterns.